Howdy, y'all. That's right, it's me, famous bounty hunter and beloved Samurai Jack character, Zeke Clinch. You're about to listen to a new episode of Gotta Recap. The boys better be nice to me or I'll wrap my metal playing card themed hands around their consarning necks. Anyway, enjoy the show. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers. Oh, that's right, I can't cuss. This is a kid's show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Back to the cast. Gotta recap. It is episode 29. Nick Montagani, I am here with Brendan Riley. Brendan, lovely to see you. Yeah, thank you. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Uh, Brendan, I have a couple updates on some previous topics we've talked about on this podcast. Of ours. Ooh, are they corrections? I don't want to hear any corrections. Um, You'll find out. <laughs> all right. Uh, the... WB multiverses video game that was yes. speculated and, and leaked and we've talked about a couple times. That has now been officially announced. That is a real thing that is really happening. All right. We figured it was, but it's nice to know right. for sure. It's good to have some confirmation. Uh, they showed off the characters, most of which we already talked about on this show. Um, I think the interesting part about that reveal is that unlike the Nickelodeon fighting game, um, this game has the for the most part, the actual voice actors of the animated characters as like they originally appeared on their television. Oh, shows. wow. Did they did yeah. they record new lines or did they just uh, snag yeah. them from like old episodes? Oh, wow. No. Yeah. They, they got the original voice actors to come in and record lines for this video game, including like Kevin Conroy as Batman. Which wow. Is insane. He was in the, the new adventures of Batman. Uh, he was on the animated series. Oh, that's I what believe. I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. And also the Arkham games. Oh, okay. Uh, he's he's like the top tier Batman. He's the know. Batman. Like like Mark Hamill is the Joker. Exactly. Um, I'm glad you feel that way because <laughs> I, I do as well. <laughs> yeah. Also, <laughs> of course, uh, Shaggy is in the fighting game and is being voiced by Matthew Lillard, who I think is the guy who played him like in those in the original. Oh, 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 the the live action ones. That's good, too, though. He's a really good Shaggy. That's a good get for them, and I'm mm-hmm. happy that like they're leaning into it. So, you know, along those lines, you know, got to get our boy Phil in there. Yeah, he he could voice everyone. Yeah, they could put the Green Lantern in there. That's right. Because he's in the, the Justice League, which was the same mm-hmm. Batman, I think, as the uh, animated series. Phil Amar could very well end up voicing half of the cast of this. this yeah, fight. he should. He should. Uh, we'll campaign to make it happen. Uh Brendan, I hate to tell you that I do have a correction to something that I said last week. No. Uh, the uh, Cowboy Bebop live action oh, remake yes, yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. I was way off on the release date I think date it just came that. out yesterday, didn't it? I think I told you it had come out like several weeks before yeah. we recorded, but it came out yeah, even after our episode was released. <laughs> so I totally boned that one. That's all right. I, w- I wouldn't have watched it either way. Uh, and I now I've seen a clip of uh, my favorite character, Edward, and I am so much less likely to watch it. A mixed bag, some are <laughs> calling it. 
Oh my god, it uh, looks uh, awful. I might give it a try. I might give it a try, but yeah, some of these reviews I just really don't know. Oh my god, just oh poor Edward. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I had one last fun thing for us to do here. Uh Brendan and I've devised a little game for us to play. Ooh. Really a game for you to play. I'm not going to partake in the <laughs> game portion. I'm the game master in okay. this scenario. Yeah. Uh, at the end of last week's episode, we lamented a little bit uh, that the shape-shifting master of darkness, uh, Aku, mm-hmm. has been notoriously absent from not only this season so far, which is a theme that will continue this week, spoilers, mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but kind of the show as a whole, not in it as much as we had originally expected, Yeah. Uh, which is disappointing, to say the least. Uh, but along those lines, I thought... I might give you a little memory test and see how close you've been paying attention to where we've we've come through all these episodes to this point. Uh-oh, okay. And I've devised a game which I have decided to title Aku or Naku. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Brendan, the rules of this game are simple. I have a list of six episodes here. Uh, that we have already watched. Okay. And I want you to tell me if Aku does or does not appear in the episode. Okay. Um, and in the spirit of the game, I would like you to simply answer by saying either Aku or Naku. Or Naku. Okay. <laughs> sure. I won't give you any hints other than to say, uh, you know, like a cameo counts. Aku doesn't have to have speaking roles. You know, as long as we see that bad boy. As long as there. he appears. Okay. Yeah. That's an Aku, not a Naku. I'm feeling pretty confident about this. I think I can handle it. I think you've got, yeah, you've got the potential to ace this quiz, but I just, you know, want to keep you on your toes a little bit. Make sure you're really committed <laughs> to this podcast that we're doing here. All right. <laughs> uh, Brandon, the first episode that I have for you, this one might be easy. Uh, Jack and the Gangsters. Jack and the Gangsters. Aku does appear. Uh, Aku. Thank you. <laughs> you got to remember the rules. Of the I game. Forgot, the, forgot the one rule already. <laughs> uh, you are absolutely correct. Uh, Aku on that one. He does appear yeah. towards the end of the episode. Uh, the second episode is Jack remembers the past. Um, hmm. I don't know if we see it would be if it is in there, it would be Aku attacking the city. Uh, I will say Naku. You are correct. The answer is Naku. <laughs> All right. Aku does not appear in that episode, although it seems like he could have. I'm he glad he didn't, yeah. though. It was, a ha- it was happy memories. Yeah. All right. The third episode for you is Jack in Space. Jack in Space. Um, Aku. I'm so sorry to say that oh, the answer is Naku. Damn it. I uh, Aku does not appear in that episode. I could have swore that was one that we got to see him watching them on the TV. Uh, I'm going off of the official Samurai Jack wiki, which does have every single Aku appearance listed, and uh, that that is not one of them. So, Brendan, I'm sorry. The answer is Naku. Oof, fake fan. Uh, all right. Three episodes down, three episodes to go. Uh, Brendan, Jack and the Lava Monster. Um, Aku. That is an Aku. It's a bit of a uh, trick question because we see Aku in like in like the hieroglyphics like the... thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not in our familiar Aku form, but nonetheless, he does make an appearance in that episode. Mm-hmm. Maybe my favorite Aku style so far. Yeah, he looks like uh, Nordic. Yeah, very I, cool. I recall. All right, 
two more. Uh, Jack and the Scotsman 2. Uh, Naku. That one might have been a little too easy. That is a Naku. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also does not appear in Jack and the Scotsman 1. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, can't put that one past you. Well done. Thank you. The final question. Jack and the Monks. Jack and the Monks is a... Uh, Oh, that's an Aku, because he's at the beginning. Is that your, your final yes, answer? that's my final answer, yeah. That is a Aku. You are correct. I don't think that he does appear at the beginning, but he does appear when the monks kind of give Jack like that fever dream where they're trying to re- remind him of doesn't, his purpose. Doesn't the episode start with Jack getting his shit kicked in, and he's like laying on the ground with his sword near him? Yeah, he does but i don't think he's just fighting some beetle drums oh, i don't think aku is actually Ooh. in that so scene. i got it right but for the wrong reason i have a a, a beef that i want to air with the samurai jack wiki by the way <laughs> because uh jack of the monks is listed as a naku Ooh. well they don't list it as aku and naku <laughs> but, <laughs> but it says for on the it. purposes for the purposes of this game uh jack of the monks is not listed as an appearance by aku but he does very clearly appear in some flashbacks when Jack is kind of tripping mm-hmm. out on the top of that mountain. Yep. So, so get on your, your shit out. Get Samurai on it, Jack wiki. wiki. It is a wiki, which by definition, like I could go in and fix that, but mm. I don't feel comfortable messing with someone else's work like that. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't edit wikis. Usually they undo my edits anyway. <laughs> You're such an internet prankster. <laughs> you got to add yourself to the famous people born on your birthday. That's that's right. Or the famous people from your hometown. It doesn't stick around long, but as long as you can grab a screenshot of it and share it with your friends, <laughs> you're a hero for the day. Yep. Uh, Brendan, you scored well on that quiz. I think you only got one wrong. <clears throat> I did, and I'm disappointed in myself. It's okay. I should have aced it. It's a tricky quiz, and, and it does go a long way to show, like, half of those episodes Aku did not appear in. And if we want to look at all of the episodes that we've watched as a whole, I think probably more than half of them Aku I think has so. not appeared in. Yeah. I, which I, sucks. He's only in a handful of them. He was in it quite a bit in season one. Right. When we were establishing him, and then they kind of gave up on him. Yeah. Aku, not in episode 29 of Samurai Jack. Nope. But perhaps we should recap that episode anyway, shall I think we, we should. Watch it. Brendan, I want you to answer this question honestly. I did this to you last week, and I'm doing it to you again. Yeah. Uh, do you know the title of this week's episode? I don't. Uh, Jack on the wait, train. Wait, 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 wait. Don't guess yet. Oh, too late. I've Damn guessed. <laughs> Go on, though. I was going to make you a little wager, but you've kind of spoiled that opportunity. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, do it anyway. Let's pretend I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, I will straight up. Live on air, although this is not broadcast live, so I guess right. that doesn't really. Uh, I will give you 10 whole American dollars <laughs> if you can guess the title of this episode. And I will let you guess again because you did just shout out the name of an episode title, which was incorrect. Okay, perfect. <laughs> now I know not to guess that one again. You get another chance. Can you earn this this 10 shiny dollars from me? Uh, Jack versus the Bounty Hunters. It's a good guess. <laughs> By your reaction, I can tell that's not it. <laughs> it's a good guess, and I think probably will end up being the title of an episode that we watch at some point on this show. <laughs> uh, that is not what they went with this week. Brendan, you'll be shocked to hear that the 
title of episode 29 of Samurai Jack is Couple on a Train. Couple on a Train. Okay. They're not really a couple, but that's okay. <laughs> the first episode title we've had that doesn't have Jack's name in it since Aku's Fairy Tales. Yeah. And before that, like, I think two of the three opening movie episode titles didn't have the word Jack in it. They're really yeah. relying on making sure you know that Jack is in the episode of Samurai Jack, but not this week. Mm-hmm. Although he is in the episode, just not the title. Just not the title. Yeah, he's not the focus. We can focus on this not couple <laughs> on the train. On a train. Yeah. <laughs> couple on a train. November 1st, 2002. So the wind is blowing and it blows open this this piece of paper that's lying in the dirt somewhere and it unfurls and we see a wanted poster that has Jack's face on it. Not as fun as the one that said sometimes with hat, sometimes with not. <laughs> yeah. The wind carries that poster away and it blows away on the wind and the camera swings up from that blowing poster and this great music kicks in as we're looking at this futuristic wild west town Mm -hmm. it's great soundtrack the whole episode really the music is really good um it's fun there's like it's like a country twang with a hip-hop beat yeah yeah all the music in the show has to have a little bit of hip-hop in it just a little bit you know it's the future everyone's uh down to clown is that what you say when you listen to hip-hop um i i don't i don't think so (laughs) it's okay a certain brand of hip-hop anyway (laughs) yeah if, can you imagine if Jack uh, Samurai Jack was scored by ICP? <laughs> there might be a couple episodes where that's the case. Maybe he'll meet <laughs> ICP in one of these episodes. <laughs> this could have been. This could have been the one. They've got the. Uh, they've got a cowboy movie that they put out. I believe next week's episode is Jack and the Fago. <laughs> Jack and the Juggalos. Jack at the Gathering. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're looking at this. This. Wild West town with like a future spin on it. There's familiar flying cars overhead of this dusty city street that's full of all these old timey storefronts that have like futuristic metal plated doors and windows. It's kind of a cool aesthetic. And uh, there are like cowboys that are pulling covered wagons that are being like towed by these giant turtle camel animals Mm -hmm. that are very Star Wars-y. Yeah, it's fun. It's uh, I love the setting for this episode. The the, it's the interesting. future future western is very fun. Future west, um, yeah. A uh, there's a saloon in this town, and there's a good old dog sitting idly by the swinging doors of the saloon, just chilling, mm-hmm. um, minding its own dog business. Um, there's big cowboy boots that keep walking in and out of that saloon where the dog is laying out front of. We see all these boots with spurs walking in and out, and the dog just. Sleeping, paying no mind to yep. anyone walking in or out. A bunch of people riding by and like pulling up to the saloon on these hovercrafts that look kind of like horses where they've got like front legs sticking <laughs> out, but the back legs are just big thrusters. These are my favorite vehicles since the little putt-putt boat in uh, Jack and the Three Blind Archers yeah. that like carried <laughs> yeah. them across yep. the sea. <laughs> Similar vibe. I love yeah when they have the janky little animal vehicle yeah, thing. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, dog sitting there and uh, we see all these boots with cowboy spurs and then uh, we see a sandaled foot enter the shot. Mm -hmm. 
And the dog looks up at a smiling samurai who bends down and gives him a good old scritch. The shot, the shot from like the dog's perspective, looking up at Jack is so silly too. Like you can't see like his eyes, but he's got this like goofy, dumb smile on. He's just like towering over the dog. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jack proves yet again to be the best person on this planet (laughs) because he bends down and yeah, pets that dog where no one else was even paying attention to him. Good for Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. And the dog seems happy about it. And there's a disco across the street from the saloon. I don't know if you caught that. I missed that. Yeah. One of the buildings across the street has a big sign on the front of it that just says disco. Wow. What a diverse town. You know, if you're <laughs> looking to have a night out, you know, throwing back some whiskey, you go to a saloon. And then, you know, if you want to put on your your platform shoes and boogie the night away, just go right across the street. I wish we could have seen some disco cowboys. That would have been a good time. Missed opportunity to be sure. Uh, but yeah, Jack is uh, petting this dog and there's a the sound of fighting inside of the saloon. And Jack picks up the dog and barrel rolls out of the way as bodies come flying out of the windows of the saloon. Mm-hmm. And he sets the dog down and walks inside the saloon. And it's a classic, you know, your sort of run of the mill Wild West saloon. Mm-hmm. And it's empty except for one short round gentleman wearing a sombrero who is counting money at the bar. He's got those little poof balls hanging off the sombrero. Really went all out on it. Uh, And he doesn't even look up as Jack enters the saloon. And he says, "Uh, I thought I told you bums to stay out of here unless you want some more, which is interesting because he's like this little man that I supposedly just threw all of these people out the windows. Yeah. The bar. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he's apparently stronger than he looks. I wouldn't expect it, uh, based on the visual, but this is Jack we're talking about. So, uh, he'll know better. Um, but he does look up at Jack and we see Jack's silhouette filling the swinging doors of the saloon. And there's like a classic Western movie music sting that happens, but it's done in like a Japanese style, mm-hmm. like the, but it's in like a little Japanese flute. Yep. That's kind of fun. It's really good. The shot's really good, too. They've got like this like Dutch angle going on the whole time. Like when he enters the bar, it's doing it. And then when it shows him in the doorway, it's doing it, too. Just like really dynamic, like tilt to everything. Yeah. And Jack walks in to the saloon and, and sits at the bar next to this gentleman. Are you the proprietor of this establishment? That would be me. I am some... I know who you are. A man could get rich selling your skin, boy. And uh, starts to secretly draw a dagger that's tucked into his belt. And uh, he's drawing this dagger from his belt, and we can very easily see his highly visible, well-defined ass crack. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, you can. It's been a while on this show, you know? Not since the days of Robin Hood have we seen such a (laughs) well-defined ass. Yeah. Or uh, the, the the monkeys in Jack Learns to Jump Good. Yeah, that's right. They had pretty well-defined asses, too. So yeah. you know what? We don't get them often, but every time we do, we appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Jack senses that dagger coming towards him, and uh, the man stabs at him, but Jack grabs him by the wrist and takes the knife out of his hand and stabs it into the bar. Mm-hmm. And Jack says, uh, well, perhaps you can get rich selling something to me instead. And he pulls out this sack and slams it 
on the bar and like golden coins and jewels just pour yeah. out of this bag. Where did he get this? I don't know. And do they they don't even use gold coins in this like economy. No. They've got Aku bucks. Right. <laughs> He's giving them, yeah, this odd currency that I don't even know. Did he work like some odd jobs to like save up enough? <laughs> or to- like that's just like what he finds when he's on his adventures and we just don't see him picking up gold coins. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's the uh, between scenes and commercial breaks where he goes, ooh, a penny, and picks yeah. it up. He goes dungeon crawling between episodes. I would love to see that. They should put more of that in the show. <laughs> um, yeah, slams this big old bag of money down, and he's got he's got this man's attention. Uh, Jack says that he wants to buy information from him, and he sprawls out this map on the bar. And it's like this old-timey map that's got, like, a little dotted trail on it and, like, a bunch of skulls and, like, X marks the spot. <laughs> yep, yep. And it looks like a pretty uh, interesting, like, journey. There's, like, some archway, like, some stone yeah. archway and all kinds of stuff. But we we don't get much more about that. Clearly, this man knows a lot about this map because, like, he smiles up at Jack and, like, wants to make a deal. But we never find out what this map is for. Nope. So it must not be that important. Yeah, we cut away before we hear anything about it. Right. And it never comes up again. <laughs> never again. It's just, you know, Jack up to his usual trying to get home. Yeah, maybe. But this week, that's not the focus. We can assume it's like some portal or some magical crystal or Probably. something. Probably. Jack leaves the saloon and the man watches him leaves and walks back inside and he starts sweeping the bar and he doesn't notice that there's a very large man filling the doorway behind him. And uh, when he finally does, he's startled and he looks up at the man who who walks into the saloon and a great again, a great music score. Great, great music starts playing in this scene as the man walks in again, like a country Western hip hop blend mm-hmm. um, reminded me heavily of a song in the video game Bastion. Uh, which, of course, is scored by the great Darren Korb, who's like one of my favorite composers anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name of the song is Slinger's Song. Oh, okay. Worth looking up because it's very good. It's been a while since I've played Bastion. I'll have to refresh my memory on that one. It's a great game with a great soundtrack, as is every super giant game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like all of them except the one. Figure it out, buddy, because that one's my favorite one. Yeah, well, you like high school sports games. <laughs> Apparently, I like high school sports in general because that was my heyday. I was really good at <laughs> high school sports. Do you believe that? Uh, yeah, I do actually. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> that bartender, he's uh, he's like cowering in fear at this figure walking into the saloon, and uh, we finally start to get a look at this gentleman who. Uh, one out of every two hosts of this podcast would say is the worst designed character in the history of this television show. <laughs> I wonder which one of us it is. <laughs> the world Only may time never will know. tell. <laughs> Brendan, can you tell me just like surface level? Are you are you on board with what's going on with this guy? I, I, I am. Yeah, I like this character. <laughs> I a lot. knew it. I knew it. <laughs> It's not the character that I don't like. <laughs> no, I like the design too. His face oh, is weird. Yeah. The like the, the furry, the weird like kind of uh, wookie face that he's got going on is weird. But I really like like the playing card motif that they've got. Where he's got those gauntlets on that have like the playing card suits all around them and his spurs are little spades. <laughs> every time 
either of us takes a strong stance, usually me, <laughs> every time I take a strong stance, I know that you're not going to be in agreement with me, which maybe is making this podcast better. Um, but man, I wish you were on board with me this week because I do not like the way that this guy looks. I like, I like the way he acts, yeah. but I don't like the way he looks. Oh, I like the way he looks. And I love the way they animate. So in this scene, uh, there's a shot where he's like, you don't see his face. It's covered by his hat. And then the the bartender says something to him. I don't remember exactly what it is, but he looks up slowly and you see like his eye come out from under his hat. Right. Uh, and the way they like animated the shot was really good. And that kind of like endeared me to the character a bit. The man's head is entirely beard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's got like a cartoonish uh, humongous nose and mouth like Squidward or like Sweetums from the Muppets. Oh, you know what it is? He's he's like one of the uh, the woolies. He's like a yeah. humanoid woolly. I think that sucks. <laughs> I don't like that. I like it for a woolly. I don't like it for a man. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> And the playing card, well, this is the thing, like, if they had just went with a couple of the aspects of this guy, like, one or two things, that might have been okay, but they threw way too many things at the wall, and none of them are sticking. Like, yeah, badass bounty hunter cowboy guy, that's fine. Uh, also, he's got a weird beard head, okay. Also, he's got giant nose and lips. All right, well, this is getting a little crazy. Also, everything about him is playing card themed. <laughs> For no reason. For no He's reason. Not even like established as a gambler or anything like yeah. that. <laughs> it's just a little too much. Oh, uh, man. I think it's not too much enough. Anyway, needless to say, this man has entered the bar and it's quite the scene. Mm hmm. The bartender's backing down from this this bounty hunter and pleads with him and, and says that he knows he's looking for the samurai, he says, um, to collect the bounty on Jack's head. And uh, just like you said, this bounty hunter glares at the, the bartender from under his cowboy hat menacingly, but also not because he looks like a fucking fool. <laughs> he looks like a Muppet. Yeah. <laughs> the bartender turns his back to him. And uh, he says, oh, sorry, Senor Clench. So also his name is Zeke Clench. That sucks, too. <laughs> that does suck. I'll give you that one. <laughs> he says, sorry, Senor Clench. Uh, he already left, is what he says. And uh, explains that uh, Jack is taking a train somewhere and uh, turns back to face that bounty hunter. But he's already gone. He's already left the saloon. Yeah, he batman right out of there. And uh, the bartender's had a really long day at this point uh, and goes to close like a big metal door at the front of the saloon. And uh, someone sticks their foot in to block the door and he starts to grumble for a minute, kind of annoyed. But then he sees it's like a lady's leg. Ooh, yeah. So he changes his mind pretty quickly and uh, some fun, flirty, jaunty country music starts to play. <laughs> And a pretty lady sticks her head in the door and she says, uh, are you closed? And uh, at this point, the bartender is uh, too horny to close the bar now yep. and must invite her in. Yep. Even though he did say that they were closed already. <laughs> he did did already admit to that. But now, yeah, his uh, hormones are just raging. Oh, yeah. He has to see this this encounter through. Um, this This woman enters. She's this very fancy southern bell wearing like this elaborate green dress and matching hat mm -hmm. that are adorned with like tons of ribbons and flowers yep a lot of lace going on yeah um 
Her makeup's all done up. Yeah, she's trying very hard for this particular look, and she's just laying on the southern charm very thick oh, yeah. on this 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 gentleman. Um, and he uh, she asks him for a, a ginger ale. Mm-hmm. Starts pouring her a ginger ale. Yep. The, the the bottle said something weird though. It was something like, weird. Yeah. Ginger. Couldn't really make it out. Ginger ale or something. It's like they forgot to animate like a couple letters on. Yeah. The it's it, yeah. There's a weird gap. I don't know. Something was off about it. And she says to him that she's curious about uh, his conversation that he just had with the uh, big tall gentleman that just left, and that that horny bartender's big smile changes into a sad frown. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, well, I guess you like big, tall guys. She says to him, well, I ought to. I used to be married to one. And there's a big dramatic close-up on her face and a, and a music sting. And then it changes immediately from that scene. Yeah. So it's the first inkling, you know, these two might be in cahoots, mm-hmm. question mark. Yeah, they might be a couple. <laughs> kind of. We'll have to wait for on the a, train. Will they end up on a train? Yeah. Time will tell. Uh, but luckily... We don't have to wait that long because from here it cuts to this very large futuristic train station that's like towering above yeah. the city. I like I like the the contrast between this like giant train platform and like the old western city below it. I think the train station scenery is like kind of cool. It's like this fun like spinning disc that shoots trains off in like a zillion directions. Yeah, yeah it's like a central hub kind of thing. Central hub. <laughs> Sector D. <laughs> uh yeah, there's train whistles going off and bells ringing and these big robotic trains with like these neon cow catchers on the front of them. And they're all propelled by one giant spinning wheel at yeah. the front. The trains are cool. It's very cool. Very good design. A ticket taker directs Jack towards a train that's about to depart. And uh, we can see Zeke the bounty hunter walking through a crowd of people and, and he notices Jack boarding this train that's about to leave. Um, and he hops a fence and uh, tries to get closer to that train, but he is apprehended by this group of robot security guards with shotguns. Mm-hmm. They start firing at him, and he rolls out of the way and hides behind a pillar. And uh, he adjusts the uh, the ring around his giant metal robo gauntlets that have playing card suits on them yep. for no reason. <laughs> yeah. He does do that. He adjusts the ring and uh, a machine gun emerges from these gauntlets and he steps out from behind the pillar and starts firing on these robo guards. Mm -hmm. Um, And they all scatter, but it's too late because Jack's train is starting to leave. And from here, it cuts inside the car. and Jack is sitting alone and the camera kind of passes through the car all the way to the end. And we can actually see that that southern lady is on the train with Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, the train leaves the station and uh, Zeke is chasing it, but he stops chasing it and he watches it like descend down this impossibly steep track that is really not safe for modern trains as we know them. <laughs> yeah, like uh, the Polar Express when they're going up the mountain. Pretty much. Yep, pretty much exactly that, but uh, Samurai Jack style. Uh, I hate the Polar Express. We don't have to talk about it enough, but uh, that, <laughs> oh boy, that is a rough, that is a rough holiday movie. Uh, I liked it at the time. I haven't watched yeah. it in a long time. My dad's really obsessed with the hot chocolate song, though. Just the the character design is a little too unkingly. Yes, Valley. yes, I will give you. I will agree with that. Yeah. And then the one grading boy who's just very grading. The one who's voiced by the guy who voices Mandark in uh, yep. Dexter's Lab. 
Um, works better in Dexter's lab, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Those robot guards run after him and start firing at him again. But Zeke, he leaps off the side of this this train station platform and starts free falling through the air. Um, and he vaults off of a platform onto a passing motorist who's <laughs> riding another one of those fun flying horse cars. Mm-hmm. I love the horses. I know they're so good. <laughs> um, he leaps off of the horse car onto like a, a regular flying car and slams his fist down through the roof and grabs the driver by the head. And he looks down at him through the hole in the roof and he just commands him to drive. What a badass! Oh no, it's Zeke Clinch. I gotta do what he says. Did you say Zeke Clinch? <laughs> Shivers, cowers in fear just at the name. <laughs> And this is the first of a long series of Google searches in this episode. Some would call this, I would call this, the most Googled episode of this show so far. I had a lot of things that I had to look up from this really? point on. Yeah. Um, this particular one was just to confirm that the voice actor of Zeke Clench is, in fact, John DiMaggio. Yes, I thought it was, yeah. I did not look it up, but I had the feeling that that's who it was. I just wanted to confirm... Um, that it was, in fact, John DiMaggio. John DiMaggio voicing uh, the Adventure Time character, Jake. No, what is it? Jake the dog? Yeah, Jake the dog. Yep. Bender in Futurama. Voicing that character in the uh, uh, WB Multiverses game. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. And he's also the Scotsman, right? Indeed he is. In in this show. Indeed he is. Uh, maybe the Scotsman will be in that game. Probably not. No, unlikely, yeah. The uh, yeah, he's got this driver in the car and he's basically like steering the driver who's steering the car. It's kind of a fun ratatouille situation. <laughs> yeah, he just holds on to his head. That's how it works. If you get somebody by the head. Mm hmm. Works every time. <laughs> just got to have to have hair, though. So nobody's ever going to be able to yeah, control you. Can't control Two me, weeks motherfucker. in a row. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. <laughs> now, this one I like. This is a good one. <laughs> Thank you. It's kind of a compliment to you because you're your own man. Yeah, nobody's controlling. I got no strings. Um, Yeah, that car is keeping pace with the train, like from beneath the tracks. And uh, the train is about to enter this weird tunnel into like a weird, ambiguous, spiky mountainside, kind of like outside of the city. I don't know. The the whole like topography of where this episode goes from here is a little unclear yeah, the, to me. The terrain is kind of wild and it's kind of hard to read sometimes too. Like we get a, an establishing shot from a ways off and it's all like jagged and spiky, but the way the trees are growing out of the spikes kind of like throws the perspective into question. There's a lot going on with the scenery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a little hard to comprehend, um, but the, the train is hurtling towards that and uh, we get a shot inside the car and Jack is like, Passed the fuck out, sleeping with his face pressed against the window of this train. Mm -hmm. Very sleepy boy. Yeah, as you do. And a waiter wakes him up and gives him some tea that he ordered. And uh, as he's receiving this tea, that that southern lady walks by and gives him a little smile. And uh, he watches her for just a moment and then unhornily turns away and slumps down in his seat. (laughs) Uh, Jack will not be seduced that Easily. Yeah. Maybe he for will. Now. I don't know. Time will tell. <laughs> Back outside the train, uh, Zeke is still riding on the top of that car on like a ledge that's above a canyon that the train is passing through. Um, guides the car into that canyon and then leaps onto the back of the train and just manages to hang on and like pull himself up. 
Um, and Jack is still <laughs> sleeping against the window in this car. And uh, Zeke climbs his way all the way up inside inside the train and enters the train car, but is immediately accosted by that Southern lady who he recognizes as Josephine. Mm-hmm. And she backs him out of the door back into like the space between train cars. And they have a conversation that's not very easy to hear over the loud sound of a train. You're right. The sound mixing in this particular scene may be not the best because it's train heavy. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's intentional, though. I'm not sure for what purpose, but maybe they wanted it that's to true. be. I can see it. Um, in either case, she uh, she tries to play nice with him at first, but clearly he's not happy to see her. Uh, like she calls him Darlin and he growls at her. Don't call me Darlin. <laughs> um, and uh, she grabs him and she says that uh, she knows he's after Jack's bounty and she wants a cut. She she knows that he needs her help to collect the bounty on Jack's head. Um, and he kind of brushes it off and, and doesn't want anything to do with her. Um, she yells at him as he's walking back into the train car. She says, uh, he's better than you. And uh, Zeke turns around and says, ain't nobody better than me, woman. He says, you ought to know that. And then says that the court says you can't get within 150 feet of me. <laughs> he took a restraining order out on her. Yeah. So she's, I mean, we'll see her character through the rest of yeah. this episode, but she's a pretty, yeah, abusive person. Mm-hmm. So Zeke's been through some shit in this marriage. It's toxic, to yeah. say the least. Oh, yeah. Um, and he enters the car and slams the door behind him, which wakes Jack up from his slumber. And uh, it's a great scene as, as Jack is sitting in the train car and we can hear the sound of Zeke's boots walking up the aisle towards him. Looking for a seat? Yep, yours. I'm going to make a lot of money cashing in on your hide. I hear that often, but only from poor men. Hmm, well, I got bills to pay, and I done already addressed the envelopes. <sighs> I hope you have yet to stamp the postage on your parcels. Will you consider them stamped? And then they have this weird back and forth about postage on, like... E- Envelopes oh, and yeah, bills. Yeah, yeah. I already <laughs> signed the checks. I hope you did not stamp the envelope. <laughs> yeah, they have this really weird exchange about like sending mail. And Zeke is like fed up with that and punches Jack in the face to like end that really weird conversation where they're both, yeah, trying to intimidate each other by talking about postage stamps. I'm surprised Jack knows so much about the postal system. In fact, it seems, yeah, weird. I don't know. I don't know how much he's had to deal with that in his time on this planet. Sends a lot of mail, I guess. Although I guess personally, I don't know enough about the postal system in feudal Japan. You know, maybe it was very similar to what we have today. <laughs> Unlikely, but it could be. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe I should read a book. Yeah, maybe do some fucking learning once in a while. <laughs> I really burned me. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, the uh, <laughs> Zeke punches Jack right in the face and they get in a brawl inside the train car. They're just trading punches back and forth. Um, Zeke grabs Jack's fist and like crushes it in his big metal gauntlets, um, hits Jack a few times and Jack manages to dodge some punches and uh, Zeke demolishes a crate which explodes in a big flurry of chickens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Gotta love the chickens. There's a cartoon farmer sitting in the train who goes, my chickens. <laughs> the cartoon farmer is one of my favorites, especially the next time we see him. Yeah. The second appearance, better than the first, but the first, still pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Chickens scatter everywhere in this this brawl inside the train. Um, Jack tries to draw his sword, but bumps like a few passengers in this narrow train car and there's like a scared little girl that's looking up at him as he pulls the sword so he thinks better of it Mm -hmm. puts it away zeke lunges at him but jack jumps out of the way and uh, zeke collapses in a pile right next to josephine who laughs at him and like he growls at that he's not happy to embarrass himself in front of his ex-wife yeah i don't know Uh, still unclear um jack runs to the front of the car to run out the door Uh, zeke adjusts his gauntlet again and shoots like a spinning bola weapon that's made with clubs yep. like the the card suit clubs yeah i fucking i hate it <laughs> i love it i love the card motif with this guy even though no it makes no sense. reason for it <laughs> there's no reason for it no there really isn't but i'm i'm here for it <sighs> he shoots this club bola at him and uh misses jack um and jack climbs on top of the train car and uh we get some shots of the train like Jack standing on top of the train as it's traveling through, yeah, like this indiscernible wasteland, um, just full with jagged, craggy peaks and yeah, weird trees growing everywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This place is shitty. Um, Zeke hears Jack running atop uh, the train and starts firing like a finger pistol at him from his gauntlet. I love his finger guns, though. <laughs> yeah, his finger guns are really good. That's maybe my favorite weapon of his. Filling the roof of the train with bullet holes and Jack runs to a freight bed that's carrying a big stack of giant logs that are all chained up on the train. Mm -hmm. Um, And Zeke runs outside and starts just, yeah, rapid fire shooting at him with these finger guns, which is like a thing you would do in a business meeting. (laughs) Those listening to the podcast don't know the excellent finger gun motion that I'm doing to Brendan in this exact moment. You're all really missing out. That's okay. Maybe we'll make a YouTube yeah, version of this. You'll have episode. to you'll have to subscribe to our uh, our Twitch stream Patreon something something <laughs> <laughs> that definitely exists. Yeah, yeah. Spend a lot of time looking for it, please. <laughs> we won't advertise it. You have to find it. <laughs> um, he's shooting at him, but missing missing him with every shot. He's got like the aim of a stormtrooper, like just completely missing him by a mile. Yep. And Zeke, (laughs) I don't even know why I wrote this in my notes. Zeke laughs and delivers the famous Samurai Jack line where he says, uh, just like my pa used to say on a cold morning, let's get to work, boy, because the heat's in the tools. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) It's like a lot of weird monologues that Zeke gets into at this point in the episode that like trying to kind of like define his character, but like takes a little too much time. And like, ultimately like I'm scratching my head each time he says something like, what? What does that even mean? It's just like his character though. It's just a bunch of things all jammed together. Like trying so hard (laughs) for this character. I don't understand why he was, he was somebody's pet project. Somebody was really into this character. (laughs) I just really want to flesh out Zeke. We like, got to have see what Zeke. We got to put Zeke about. in an episode. I've been trying since season one to get this guy in the show. <laughs> but what if 
But what if Zeke had a wife? Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> Man, that's really going to lend a lot to his character. <laughs> um, anyway, he delivers that weird line. Uh, he adjusts his gauntlets to the diamond setting and pops out a couple like Assassin's Creed blades out of his gauntlets. Yep. And Jack and Zeke run at each other and clang their blades. And then it cuts to commercial. Um, and when it cuts back... They're fighting on top of the stack, this stack of logs, and neither can really get a hit in. And there's shots of the train just like barreling along the tracks as the two of them fight each other. Um, Jack cuts off some of Zeke's beard hair, which again is like the entirety of his head. I don't know. That might be more painful than it would be to just regularly cut some of your beard off. I'm not sure. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder what his head actually looks like. We don't get like a silly shot of like him getting shaved or anything. Like you might expect for a character like this, they they don't quite hit that mark. He's just entirely beard and will <laughs> always be that way. He uh, knocks Zeke over and, and Zeke stands up and now his gauntlets are emitting like a huge like electric charge. Um, he runs over and grabs Jack's sword in his open hand and sends like a surge of electricity through the gauntlet into the sword, which like electrifies Jack. Mm-hmm. Um. Jack is struggling against this electric shock, but manages to reach his hand out and touch Zeke. So the current passes through both of them and they're like blasted away from each other in this big blast of electricity. And Zeke sits up and sees Jack like sprawled out after this explosion. And he lunges at him with a diamond blade, but Jack wakes up and and dodges the blade. But the blade cuts through one of those big chains that's holding this stack of logs together. And then Jack is <laughs> standing next to the other chain with this big shit-eating grin on his face. He's got his sandals slung over his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Holding his sandals in his hand. Yeah, like, yeah, buddy, I got you now. <laughs> and takes his sword and chops through that other chain that's holding these logs together. And they start to roll off of the train. And Jack and Zeke have a good old-fashioned log rolling competition. <laughs> yeah, they do. And we get this shot that's, like, pulled out from the train. And we see it, like, going over, like, a chasm or whatever. And Jack and Zeke are just kind of, like, with, like, it's like a two-frame animation of them just kind of, like, wiggling back and forth on top of the logs. <laughs> and it holds the animation for, I think, a bit longer than it should because you really get a good idea that, like, this is literally just two frames alternating back and mm-hmm. forth. Uh, yeah. I loved it. It's very good. Um, Jack survives the log rolling competition, but Zeke plummets off of the train, uh, screaming, uh, gall dang darn it, he says. Yeah. <laughs> In case you weren't sure if he was from the Wild West. Yeah. No, we, we, we're really establishing this. We don't want any confusion about this guy. I don't want any. Yeah, no ambiguity about <laughs> Zeke. You need to know everything about him. Uh, gall dang darn it, he says. And Jack sheathes his sword and walks back inside the train past Josephine, who looks annoyed that Zeke couldn't finish the job. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the great moment where he walks past the farmer who is holding all of those chickens now just in his arms <laughs> yeah. and has a big, dumb smile on his face. He looks so happy about it. He's got chickens all over him. He's got no shoes on, so his feet are just kind of like sticking out from this pile of chickens. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great shot. <laughs> Big, stupid smile like, oh, I should have been hugging these chickens all along. This is much better than the crate solution. Thank you, Samurai Warrior. 
Uh, it reminds Jack of the good old days, you know, when he used to be a chicken. Yeah, I actually thought about that. Did Do you think he thought about that? He's like, oh, does he, do you think he feels like a kinship with chickens now? Anytime he sees one, he's like a kinship or like a phobia of like he might go back into those days. Oh, it could be both. It's a it's a deep respect for chickens. Right. Yeah, he (laughs) knows the struggle. My brothers. (laughs) I was once one of you. Now I'm a man once again. That's possible. But you can't live your whole life, you know, fearing chickens or really kind of like yeah, spending your whole time worrying, am I going to be a chicken again? Like, <laughs> imagine though, like now, anytime somebody like calls Jack a chicken, he has like war flashbacks. <laughs> uh, CTSD. Yeah, chicken C traumatic. Chicken. Yeah, chicken traumatic stress disorder. Um. Anyway, moving on from the chickens, uh, back outside the train, Zeke is just barely hanging on to the train, even though it looked like he flew like to his death. But he's all right. Yeah. No, he made it. Somehow he got back. Pulls himself up, uh, but Josephine is, is standing over him as he as he climbs back onto the train. And it cuts back inside the train, and Jack is sitting in his seat. And then Josephine approaches him and asks to sit down. Um, and Jack says yes. She sits in the seat directly across from him, and she is smiling at him, like trying to get his attention. Uh, but Jack is staring out the window like very intently, does not want to have this conversation. He's playing that running man game that you played in the car when you were a little kid. You imagine like Spider-Man running beside the car or something, mm-hmm. hopping over everything, like all the, the guardrails on the highway. That's what he's doing. That's right. Anything to distract him from this this lady that is now sitting with him. Yeah. But she's trying she's trying so hard. Like she's trying to make small talk small talk with him about like the weather. She says like, "Oh, nice day, isn't it?" and Jack just says, "Yes," and then turns around and looks back outside of the window again. <laughs> she should talk to him about mail. Seems like he's very interested in that topic. <laughs> he knows all about it. Yeah. <laughs> Willing to ramble on about the the postage on these these envelopes full of bills. <laughs> I got some envelopes need stamping. <laughs> um yeah she uh she's talking about the weather and she goes "Ooh, it's a bit hot though and she starts fanning herself and then jack starts sweating mm-hmm. a little bit yeah trying to really restrain himself here <laughs> he's doing okay so far yeah he's been burned before though the last lady he fell for turned out to be Aku. oh boy yeah that's true he can't how could you try how could you ever trust a lover he'll, again? he'll never love you again know? yeah <laughs> his one true love is his greatest <laughs> villain <laughs> The dramatic irony, but uh, <laughs> she's like giving this whole thing about how hot it is. And then she says, uh, oh, well, you know, what the best seat in the house is it's on the roof of the train. Mm-hmm. And Jack is like, oh, really? And if this had worked, if this play had worked, I would have been so pissed at Jack for like falling for like, oh, yeah, the best seat in the house is on the roof. I'm going to go there by myself because you said it was so great. Yeah. <laughs> um. Which is like such a wild thing to say about a train, but then again, Jack doesn't really know trains, so like mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe he would have bought, he could have bought it. Yeah, this got me thinking though. Would would like train operators let you get on the roof? No, <laughs> no. Like the, That's why it makes it such a in wild the old thing. West would would anyone give a shit if you were to climb onto the roof? <laughs> like nowadays, maybe in the Wild West it's, it's different. Yeah, nowadays yeah. you'd be arrested for suspected terrorism, but at the time, like yeah. They'd be like, yeah, fucking, you want to go on the roof? I don't care. Do whatever you want. It's such a wild premise that like almost, almost worked initially, but like Jack kind of turned it down. Um, she, uh, 
she says like, oh, well, there's a lot of fresh air and uh, it's very private. And she like leans into Jack and his his eyes go wide. But then he he turns his head and looks out the window again. And he's he's not really he's trying really hard to not pay attention to mm-hmm. this woman. And she's very frustrated with this. And, and she says, all right, well, I'm going to go up on the roof. And Jack just nods his head politely. He's like, yep, good. Good to meet you. <laughs> good luck. Have a good time. <laughs> She scowls and gets up from the chair. And I cannot stress this enough, Brendan. At this point, Jack is not horny. He is not horny. He's getting horny, but he's not horny he's fighting in this it. moment. He's fighting it back. He's resisting his carnal urges here. Um, and he's doing very well. And I'm very proud of my boy Jack for kind of keeping it, keeping it in his pants, so to say, or in his gi. But uh, she gets up and she she chuckles, and this is the play that's going to work. Uh, she says, uh, well, you're not going to let a lady go on the roof unescorted, are you? And uh, boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> that, that, that worked. And Jack agrees to take her up on the roof. And then he's sitting on the roof of this train with Josephine, and she says to him, uh, oh, isn't it beautiful as they look out over the scenery? And Jack agrees that it is beautiful, even though it's objectively not beautiful right, yeah. at all. No, it's just sharp crags and dead trees everywhere. It's like one of the worst places we've been on this show. Not beautiful. <laughs> and she's holding she's holding a parasol uh, and it's not being blown out of her hands by the, the speed of the train, which just really ruined my immersion. A Jack straw hat that he's wearing would also be <laughs> yeah. uh, completely blown away. I don't know. Science be damned. <laughs> They're sitting on the top of this train together in a lovely moment. Mm-hmm. I wanted to thank you for saving us all from that awful, terrible, ugly old bandit earlier. You were so brave. Thank you. Ooh, and so strong, too. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jack's horny. Yeah. I thought that was such a weird response to you're strong. And he goes, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like he's pulling uh, yeah, one I over. I never thought about yeah. it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I am strong. You're right. <laughs> it's, it's a weird response, but uh, Jack has gone from zero to 60. He is now aggressively horny. <laughs> yep. So horny that he's distracted and does not notice that Zeke is sneaking up behind the two of them on the top of this train. And he wraps Jack up in a big bear hug and uh, he laughs at Jack and uh, Jack manages to like headbutt him and leap away from him. Yeah, he uh, he swings his head back, catches him in the mouth and then kicks his knees out. Yeah, not the first time Jack's been compromised is this in this where, exact way. Is this where Zeke does the lemonade line too? Or something. I think I think so. Something about fresh squeezed lemonade while he's like trying to crush Jack. It's another one of his. Yeah. Long tangents that, (laughs) you know, just just that's just Zeke being Zeke, baby. He just loves to hear himself talk about nonsensical stories. He's got these poetic Wild West tinged (laughs) thoughts that he's got to get out of get got to get out of his head. He's such a great We're going to hear all of them. (laughs) I love Zeke. Uh, too much going on with Zeke. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he's he got Jack, but Jack manages to escape. And then, yeah, he leaps in front of Josephine to defend her from the ugly bandit 
he says. And uh, she takes that parasol and wraps it around Jack's neck and starts to strangle him. Um, and then she says, uh, well, that that ugly head didn't keep me from marrying him. Yep. So I, I'm so confused about the relationship. They're, they're not married. I don't think so. Because at the beginning, she said, I used to be married to one or right. I was married to one. And then they he's got a restraining order. Right. Uh, and it is, she says they're married or that she had married him at least. But the episode is called Couple on a Train. What is going on? It's hard to say. Um, I think they're a former couple kind of rekindling a little bit here, <laughs> especially in a little bit. They'll like really kind of start to remember the good times. Mm. Uh, you know, relationships are tough. You know, <laughs> the good times and the bad, you know, the heist, the heist you pull off and the times you get arrested. Yeah. And the people that you kill. Especially when you've got um, a woolly for a head. Especially, yeah, when you're a big, ugly freakazoid that makes no <laughs> sense in science or fantasy. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, relationships are tough, but it's the compromises you make and, you know, those small moments along the way that really make it work. Someday, Brendan, you'll you'll find your, your freakish cartoon character to love, and I hope you guys have many happy memories. <laughs> I need to find me a girl with a... A beard for a head. <laughs> for with a beard with a beard head. Yeah. A head that's just beard. Who really loves, Who playing, loves cards. playing cards. <laughs> <laughs> loves playing cards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she sounds like a keeper. Uh yeah. She's uh Josephine's got Jack wrapped up and Zeke starts pummeling Jack as he's restrained. And Jack manages to break free from this grasp and flips josephine over his head and like slams her into zeke oh yeah he full-on throws her <laughs> it's really good yeah he hurls her over his head and yeah they collapse in a big pile and jack is finally like starting to catch his breath after being strangled by this parasol then they start to collect themselves and zeke has this line that has interesting implications for this television show uh zeke says that they're going to have to stick stick jack like they did to someone back in Kansas City. Yep. So this is like the first explicit explicit reference we've had to real world locations that still exist on this planet 3,000 years in the future. Yeah. Um, I'm also confused about the Jack's like journey around the world. Where is he? he yeah, he must be in America. Right? He has to be in America for this section. I think so. Uh, but we know that in Jack Remembers the Past, he was in Japan. Right. So he would have had to have crossed the ocean again, because we know that he's crossed the ocean before. Yeah. It's just like, what? what is he doing? He's just like wandering the entire planet all the time. It brings, yeah, a lot of things into question. Like, how long has it truly been? Because like, even this, this far into the future, like Jack tri travels by walking and like boat mm -hmm. and very slow methods of transportation. So yeah. like to walk from Japan to America, first of all, not possible, yeah. but like even like the amount of time it would take you to get there by like a boat and then walking is an insane amount of time. Yeah. And in the episode where he's hanging out with uh, Aku when Aku is pretending to be the, the warrior lady uh, they're in Africa, right? right? Like, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. He's just, he's, yeah. he's all over the place all the time. He's been all over the world. And yeah, at this point, I mean, already like the Wild West theme, like is 
inherently American. Mm. But now they're making explicit references to Kansas City, a real place that exists in the United States of America in <laughs> in our in our timeline. <laughs> KansasSurvive.ku. <laughs> I guess. If anyone was going to, although Kansas City would have happened after Aku, because I don't think Kansas City existed during feudal Japan times. I don't know. Hard to say. Yeah. So Aku just let it happen. The The land existed, but not the municipality mm. of Kansas City. <laughs> right. It hadn't been established yet. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, once again, maybe I should read a book on the history <laughs> of Kansas City. Yeah. Do some fucking learning. <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> Me. <laughs> uh, in any case, they've been to Kansas City, which is interesting. And yeah, just raises so many questions. Um, <laughs> Josephine uh, produces a sharp tip from the end of her parasol and says to Zeke, uh, I see your point, which is a good fun pun. Mm. You got to love a good fun pun like that. Yep. The timing of it's weird, though. Like she she takes out the blade first and then there's like a brief pause and then she says it. Yeah. It's like, ah, you got to work on your delivery a bit. I like where your head's at, but take a couple improv classes, maybe. And you got to figure, yeah, this is not the first time the two of them have been in a fight like this. And she's pulled that exact same move. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe she does it every time. That's why they got divorced. He was sick of it. God, I can't keep hearing this point joke. (laughs) Her timing is terrible. I keep, yeah, I keep trying to teach her. She she delivers it differently every time, but it's always not quite right. <laughs> I see your point. No, you emphasize the wrong. I no. see your point. And then like two seconds later, she takes out the blade. <laughs> uh, Jack starts fighting the both of them. Um, they're swinging back and forth at each other for a while with these Jack with a sword and her with her uh, spiky parasol and Zeke with his diamond gauntlets mm-hmm. um they're fighting for a while and uh neither none of them can really manage to land a lot of hits on each other and josephine deploys the parasol and uh it's actually kind of an interesting design it's got like hooks on each pole like of the fully extended umbrella part yep. which is kind of cool like a big claw kind of thing yeah kind of it like snares jack and she pulls him in and jack Breaks out of this grip, but his sword flies out of his hand and sticks into the top of the train, like a distance away from all of them. Mm-hmm. They take that opportunity. They both stab at Jack, but he dodges out of the way and just makes a beeline towards his his sword. Um, Josephine hurls her parasol at Jack like a javelin, but she, she misses. And uh, Zeke takes out his finger pistols again and starts shooting at Jack. The finger pistols are really good. I you know, I gotta, I gotta give him that. Those are a good weapon. Um, start shooting, but he keeps missing, and and she criticizes his shooting ability. This is where you can really kind of start to see the dysfunction in the yeah, relationship. Sure it starts to when break start down. working together. Yeah, they're they're each giving each other a very hard time. Um, and she decides to take matters into her own hands and tears away like the bottom of her big billowy southern bell dress and mm-hmm. she reveals she's wearing like much more tactical trousers underneath that dress um with two six shooters that are holstered around her waist yep so we're gunslinging now partner um and uh, jack's about to reach his sword and he, he grabs for it but a bullet grazes his hand and uh, they they both keep shooting at jack and just bickering with each other the whole time about how bad each other's aim is um jack 
dodges these these bullets and and rolls around on the top of the train and dangles himself off the side of the train. He's like hanging off the side of the, the train by his hands, just like barely grabbing on. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two of them move to corner Jack. They move to sort of surround him from all sides. Um, and <laughs> Zeke uh, tries to approach Jack from the top of the train, but like can't move close enough to the edge of the train to like get a good shot in. Um, Josephine enters the car, the train car, and we could see Jack like through the window and like all these passengers passengers are looking at Jack hanging off the side of the train. Um, and uh, she starts like firing her guns wildly through the train car and people like all the passengers are ducking and panicking and like hiding away from her guns. Yeah. Um, and Brendan, we get this very interesting scene where there's a cameo. Yes. That occurs yeah. in this episode. Yeah. Uh, Jack shambles away from that train window to reveal two recognizable question mark characters mm-hmm. that are sitting on the train. Uh, and sure enough, they are two old Hanna-Barbera characters. This is another one of the many Google searches that I had to make in this episode. I actually also Googled this because I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I think I know yeah. that guy. <laughs> Just recognizable enough, and also they spend long enough on these characters where, like, you know there's something happening mm-hmm. here. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just random characters. No, they wouldn't do that for anyone. Um, But it turns out that there are two classic Hanna-Barbera characters sitting on this train, uh, which are Quick Draw McGraw mm-hmm. and his sidekick Baba Louie, uh, who are, like, a... a horse who's a sheriff and then baba louie is the deputy and he's a borough you know good old classic hanna-barbera fun yep they've also changed their names though because they refer to each other as quick straw and baba lewis yeah because <laughs> these are so it's almost like they didn't get the rights <laughs> they had to have had the rights because the, the, the character design is right one-to-one <laughs> yeah, it, entirely. Yeah, it matches. Or maybe, yeah, they're right. Reincarnations of the original. Yeah, because this characters. is this is hundreds or thousands of years later. Although, I, you know, I'm, I'm not entirely familiar myself with the Quick Draw McGraw Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Maybe that took with place the deep, thousands the deep of years canon. in the future. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I just knew that, like, I recognize that character. Right. Yeah. It would be, <laughs> they might as well have had, like, fucking... Fred Flintstone sitting on this train with them and like <laughs> remarking on Jack climbing by the window. Yeah, like a whole train car just full of classic characters. That would have been actually that would have been really funny. Um, but it's so bizarre. Like they remark on the fighting that's going on for a minute in a fashion that is probably like recognizable to fans of the characters. But like I'm sitting here not really which, knowing them, which is not the target audience for this show. I don't think. No. <laughs> Who is that reference for? <laughs> I know that like at this time in 2002, you know, the early 2000s there, they did, I think, regularly play Hanna-Barbera cartoons on Cartoon Network. So like those characters were on the channel mm-hmm. at times, but like even these two specific characters, like I don't know how frequent they were yeah. around. Uh, the only thing I remember about them playing like Hanna-Barbera stuff on the channel was like those music videos. Like they had a Jabberjaw music video they played once in a while. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I don't remember watching many like classic cartoons other than like Scooby-Doo. 
It's so bizarre. Yeah. They have this little moment and then the show just like moves on from that. Like it doesn't even, it doesn't mean anything to the yeah. rest of the episode. Just a brief <laughs> Hanna-Barbera cameo, which like opens the door now to like any number of Cartoon Network cameos that could occur on the show, <laughs> but probably won't. I- I'm, I'm for it. I like it. <laughs> I am too. Yeah. I think it's fun. It's just like so bizarre and unexpected. Um, Yeah. It's like, Gendy Tartakovsky is a huge quick draw McGraw fan is like, oh, we're doing a Wild West episode. Got to throw my boy up in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, that moment <laughs> passes unceremoniously. And uh, Jack is continuing to climb across the side of this train. Uh, but Josephine blasts at him through the window and he drops down towards the bottom of the train and he's hanging on from like a luggage compartment. Mm-hmm. Um bunch of suitcases come out and bonk them on the head. So that's fun. Yeah. A little slapstick for you. Yeah. Good old fashioned cartoon network humor. You know, like the times of Quick Draw McGraw, you know. <laughs> Jack climbs back up onto the train uh, and he surprises Zeke, who's just kind of like standing around, like not helping anymore. Um, He surprises him and Zeke starts firing at Jack. Jack sc- scurries towards the front of the train, like towards the engine. Um. Scurries towards the front of the train and uh, Josephine comes out and starts again chastising Zeke and like telling him not to blow up the engine of the train. And he's just like, oh, yeah, my bad. <laughs> um, and they they start to move in on Jack, who's yeah hiding in the engineer car. Um, and he picks up a coal shovel and starts swinging it at Zeke, like bonks him right in the face with a shovel. Yeah. <clears throat> More classic slapstick. Yeah, um, I'm rolling on the floor laughing at this point at this, this great <laughs> physical comedy. Um, Josephine picks up another one of these shovels and swings it at Jack, but uh, she hits the bell of the train, which starts ringing and like knocking Zeke repeatedly in the head with the bell, which is a nice, fun slapstick bit. Yeah, again. yeah, he got his bell rung. <laughs> hey, Um, they spar with these shovels for a bit and Jack. Knocks her off of the train, and she's just barely hanging on with, like, the handle of the shovel stuck on the side of the train. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jack approaches the front of the train, but Zeke pops out and grabs Jack and his <laughs> just starts slamming his face repeatedly into, like, the locomotive of this train just over and over again. And he's laughing maniacally. He seems to have Jack cornered, but uh, as he keeps laughing, Jack grabs the corner of Zeke's poncho and sticks it into the one gigantic spinning wheel that is propelling this train. Yeah. What a cool train design. (laughs) I love this wheel. Yeah. The train aesthetically pleasing, but also helpful for Jack in this scenario. (laughs) Extremely dangerous. (laughs) Very deadly. Yeah. Many, many engineers were lost. All in the name of progress. You know, (laughs) that train technology, they've pushed it a far, Far away, and those those engineers, you know, happy to give their lives in service of <laughs> train science. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he gets Zeke's poncho stuck in the wheel, and it starts to, like, pull him in, and Jack manages to run away, and uh, he's running towards his sword that's still stuck in the top of the train, and the two of them appear behind Jack, and Zeke shoots his bola weapon out at Jack as Josephine shouts at Jack, 
The South shall rise again. She does say that. Yeah. I thought that was wild. I could not fucking believe what I was hearing on this cartoon. Now, a character that I I do think would say the South shall rise again. Absolutely. She's top of the list. Oh, yeah. Did I think that would happen on this, this Cartoon Network show? Did I think I would hear someone yell a confederacy sympathizing <laughs> catchphrase no it's so good <laughs> and like it has nothing to do with anything that's going on either it's not even like it's established that they're fighting for like southern liberation or anything they're just fighting this samurai and she just starts babbling about the <laughs> sound shall rise again these are all the things i believe in <laughs> oh my god wild just truly wild I, I, <laughs> I don't even know it's so hard to know what to say in that moment because even like okay so let's i mean let's break this down a little bit we know that america in some form did exist in this world because we've already mentioned kansas city well, yeah within recent memory because they're they don't seem too old or they don't seem like they're uh like immortals in any way so they're just regular people right um they live in this yeah, these current times. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're from Confederacy times. So we're also now thousands of years. Although, you know what? Mm, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting a little political here. But like, I do believe that in <laughs> 3000 years, there probably will still be some people in the South complaining about like yeah. the Civil War. Yeah. And uh, sticking up for the Confederacy. <laughs> but also <laughs> the implication is that Aku takes over. America still forms. Mm-hmm. Still the Civil does War that. still happens. Still does it. <laughs> there are so many wild implications <laughs> by the, the phrase that this woman has just shouted. <laughs> Two things were said in this episode that really just throw everything into question. <laughs> uh, we stuck that pig in Kansas City and the South shall rise again. <laughs> <laughs> This is a show that's not worried about implications, though. <laughs> like, the writer writes the thing that they want the character to say, even if, like, yeah, so many questions come up as they are. And then <laughs> it's not like we're going to later on address the, yeah, the antebellum South and the Mason-Dixon line and I can't get Appomattox. Over. I don't think any of that is going to come up on this <laughs> show. Um. Is there a president of the United States in in the current timeline of the show? Oh, there's got to be. There must be. Yeah. <laughs> or would it just be Aku? Um, well, Aku is the m- ruler of the entire world. He doesn't have like governors or like, yeah, overseeing authorities. It's kind of just him. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'd be willing to bet there's there's something going on like that. There's at least a United States in some form where there was a civil war and a confederacy that this woman is now sticking up for in a very <laughs> unappropriate moment. I'm going to need like a whole like I'm going to need like a whole novel series about like the time between when when Aku sent Jack to the future and when Jack arrived in the future of like how the takeover took place, how long it took, what actually happened in the world. I've got a lot of questions now that I didn't really have before. But now this alt timeline that's been <laughs> raised, you know, there's so much I need to know. Uh, but we'll never get those answers. Um, she shouts this 
Confederacy slogan at Jack and fuck the Confederacy. But uh, Jack gets wrapped up in a bola weapon. And uh, then Josephine shoots a chain from the handle of her parasol that also wraps him up. So he's like doubly wrapped up by these two. They stand over Jack gloating. And uh, again, Zeke has another line where he says that they uh, hogtied him just like a pig that they caught in Gower Gulch, which is another thing I Googled and is a real place in the state of California. So, okay, yeah, Um, less recognizable, but still a real place that does really exist. (laughs) Uh, They're just standing over Jack and and celebrating their victory and catching him and the big the big payday that they're going to get. And then they sort of start to uh, like let their guard down to each other. A little bit, and uh, they're kind of, you know, reminiscing on the good times of the marriage. You know, it wasn't always so bad. You know, there was a little bit of the thrill of the thrill of the chase that uh, kind of brought them together back in the good old days. Yeah. Um, they're getting a little sweet on each other, and yeah, rekindling that spark of their their broken marriage. And uh, Josephine, she curls up to Zeke and starts like rubbing her hands on his his chest. And Jack is like noticing this happening, and he sees that the chains that he's wrapped up in are like right by both of their feet. And uh, he uh, like kicks the chain a little bit and it wraps around Zeke's boots. Um, so he's kind of got him snared. And all the while, Josephine, yeah, she's buttering up Zeke. So neither of them notice that this is happening mm-hmm. at all. She's she's sweet talking him uh, and uh, she says to Zeke, uh, well, with this huge bounty that we're about to collect, I could end up. And then she pushes him over the side and she says twice as rich. Oh, yeah. Betrayal. Double crossed him. It seemed like things were looking up for the two of them. But yeah, she's all about the money, not about the love. Mm-hmm. It's sad, really. But, um, you know, that's just Josephine, baby. Um, Yeah, she pushes him over the side and. uh He's yelling at her as he's falling to his death, and he calls her all sorts of fun cowboy insults, and he says consarnin and fram and Yeah, he's all these just shouting nonsense while he's falling through the air. <laughs> all these fun things you might hear on the ranch. Um, Yeah, just <laughs> babbling on as he's falling to his death, and uh, that chain is following behind him as he's, as he's plummeting through the air. And uh, Jack is attached to the other end of this chain and uh, starts to get pulled off of the train and he's sliding along the top of the train and he turns his body uh, as he passes his sword and manages to cut his hands free from those the bola that wrapped around him, cuts his hands free and then quickly unravels the chain around his legs and hurls it towards Josephine, who's too busy, like, cackling evilly. Yep. Um wraps her leg with the chain and she goes flying off the train with Zeke. So they're both plummeting off the train uh, with this chain wrapped around him. And Jack rides away sword in hand into the distance as he's, he's won the day with a cunning plan yet again. Mm-hmm. Then we get one final moment in the episode of Zeke and Josephine who did not die, of course, but instead they are now dangling by this chain wrapped up hanging off the side of like the train trestle, like this big bridge that they've been passing over and she basically like tries to apologize for pushing Zeke off the train. And uh, once again, he says, uh, oh, court says 150 feet, woman. <laughs> then everyone has a good old big old belly laugh. And then that is the end of the episode. Brendan, tell me how you felt about uh, episode 29. <laughs> I loved this episode. I was into it from the beginning. Uh, so far, 
best episode of the season. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm a big fan of this this <laughs> this western episode that we got. Interesting. All right. <laughs> uh, I did like this episode. It was really fun. Uh, I just feel like I'm going to forget about it. Oh yeah, you like, think so? I think when it yeah when it's all said and done, like I'm going to remember the first two episodes that we've had for like being kind of outlandish Mm -hmm. in like, I don't know. Those, those stood out more to me than like Jack riding on a train with these two weirdos. Um, I feel like, yeah, when it's all said and done, like I'm barely going to remember like most of the jokes that you and me just talked about (laughs) for this last hour and a half. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it could be, could be one that just like falls away. Cause like, I don't remember this one from, from watching it previously. Uh, like at all. Yeah. None of it. None no. of it looked familiar to me. Uh, right. But I was very into it. The second I saw that it was like an old Western town, I was like, here we go. Yeah. In the moment. Yeah. Definitely enjoyable. Um, good bits. Weird, like earth shattering revelations about <laughs> the United States of America. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just all sorts of bizarre implications in this episode. And uh the characters, for the most part, being really good. I like the bartender character at the beginning of the episode. Um, and then I like the character of Zeke and Josephine. I just hate the character design of Zeke. I will never not feel that way. I love the character design. And when he loses the poncho, he's got like the long john kind of shirt on. Right. <laughs> he's great. Like a cowboy would have. Like a cowboy, baby. <laughs> I just, yeah. I wonder, I don't know. I wonder if this one will stick with me. I don't know. I'm not convinced, but. uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I did just watch it this morning. So, like, it's very fresh, but I'm very into it. Uh, Definitely an interesting episode. And, yeah, the gags, the gags were good. We had a lot to talk about. We've been talking for a long time. Yeah, this is a long episode, yeah. It's all right, though. You know, it's a fun one to talk about. Mm -hmm. There's so so much. There's so much that happens here. (laughs) And we got a visit from our buddy Quick Draw McGraw. <laughs> Quick Draw McGraw was there. Yeah, hanging out in Samurai Jack's universe under an alias. <laughs> He's on the run from the feds. <laughs> so many questions. So many questions. Got to get away from episode. the Pinkertons, Quick Draw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> that was episode 29. Uh, I don't know. I... I don't want to be too down on it because it was a fun time. I had a good time. So maybe I'll I'll feel better about this when we're kind of reminiscing on all the episodes at the end of the season. <laughs> you just really don't like clench. <laughs> I just really don't like the clenches. The clench the clench name and the clench design. I don't know. She would the be clenches a clench have got to too, change. wouldn't she? Juliana clench. She's a clench. <laughs> I think she even refers to herself. I think she says like, don't mess with the clenches or something like that. Just awful. Oh, my God. It's like the clumps. <laughs> um, let us speak no more of the clenches. Um, <laughs> yeah. Please, I'm begging you. <laughs> For now. Um, if you have uh, any thoughts on the clenches or uh, the Confederacy, as long as it's not pro-Confederacy, do not write us emails <laughs> that are pro-Confederacy. We will not accept them. You will not be welcome on this show. <laughs> But if you want to write to us about, you know, that was so wild. I can't get I still can't get over it. <laughs> Why did she say that? It's going to take a lot of time to yeah, kind of come to grips with 
what happened in that moment. But if you have any thoughts on kind of the wild, the wild train ride that was this episode, uh, gotta recap at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, let us know what you think. Cause obviously we had a lot of thoughts about this episode. So, uh, share whatever you thought with us. And we would love to read that on the show. Mm-hmm. That would be a great, a great time at gotta recap on social media. Uh, you can find us. Yeah. There's going to be some great screenshots from this episode. So definitely look forward to those. Um, and then as always, if you could head to Apple podcasts, drop us a five star review, that would be extremely helpful for our show. And we thank you in advance for doing that. Thank you. Thank you. <sighs> Brendan, the South shall rise again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Under Aku. Do you feel that in your heart? <laughs> you know, I'm starting to. It's got me, yeah, this episode's it's got me feeling a certain type of way. <laughs> I can go for some grits now. <laughs> have you ever had grits before? I, don't I have. Know. I've had yeah. them once, but I had them in a Cracker Barrel, so like maybe that's not the premier. Uh, I think I had experience. them like on a cruise ship. One of the breakfast like okay. buffet items was grits, and I was like, I've gotta. I don't know what that is. <laughs> um. I could take or leave grits, but you know what I love is the gritty nature of Samurai Jack. Oh, How's yeah. that for a transition? <laughs> Pretty good. We'll see how gritty things get next week in episode 30. Wow. Feels like a milestone. Yeah, it does. Episode 30 next week. Very excited to talk about it. Until then, thank you all so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.